Okay, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. The book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. It's our foundational scripture for this series, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. I read, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith and we are blessed by the reading of God's word I'm continuing with my series that I started last week titled The Rise of Overcomers The Rise of Overcomers God in this last day and age is raising up men and women who will become overcomers. God is raising up giants. God is raising up the nobodies. And if you align yourself with God, you will become a candidate for the rising up of overcomers. Now, your background doesn't matter because we saw last week a case studies of Esther who was a slave girl and was brought from obscurity into the limelight. So, God has the ability to raise up nobodies in this end time. David was a nobody. He was a shepherd boy. But God brought him from the desert into the palace and not only that God used him to rescue a whole nation so God is in the business of raising up overcomers in this end time there was an economic crisis in the land of Israel and God used only four lepers to bring out about an economic shift and as a result of that the nation ended up in prosperity. So if God is, uh, if, if God used such people in the days of the Bible, God, who is the same God we are serving, can do the same in this end time. And I don't know about you, but I believe that this church, members in this church, are candidates for God to raise them as up as overcomers. Let me hear a living amen. amen. So the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is God's final decree. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever or whosoever. Whatsoever can be an idea. Whatsoever can be a vision. Whatsoever can be a dream. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And whatsoever also means whosoever. So whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And like I was teaching the other day, our surname is Victorious Overcomers. That's our surname. Our surname is what? Victorious Overcomers. So we have to possess the mindset or the mentality of an overcomer. Hallelujah. 
So the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That means if you are going to rise up as an overcomer in this day and age, your faith is crucial. You cannot have a shaking faith. Your faith must be strong. And how do we develop strong faith? By the, by the hearing of the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by what? Hearing and continuous hearing of the word of God. Not the word of man. Not the word of the economist. Not the word of the prime minister. Not the word of the president, not the word of the queen, but the word of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And, and when faith comes, the, the word that you continue to hear develops your faith from no faith to small or little faith to strong faith and then to great faith. And when you have great faith, you operate in the self-same hour miracles. Amen. When you have great faith, you operate in the self-same hour miracle. And that is the season someone is coming into. Amen. You will begin to operate in the self-same hour. You will think it and it will happen. Amen. You will say it and it will happen. It will not happen in 10 years. It will happen self same hour. Why? Because you have great faith. So our faith is important. We have to develop our faith. And, and, and in developing our faith, we must never allow anything to contaminate our faith. We must not allow anything to contaminate our faith. Why? Because the moment your faith is contaminated, that contaminated faith will produce contaminated things. So you must guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues of life. Are you following me? Out of it proceeds what? The issues of life. So you must guard your heart. Protect your heart. Protect your faith. Refuse to hear the negative. If you know people who come to your house with bad news, don't allow them in. Don't give them access. When they ring your phone, press decline. Or put their number to voicemail. Because they are bearers of bad news. No matter what is happening, nobody calls me on a Saturday. Nobody. Because Saturday is the time I have to prepare to come and deliver to God's people. My PA doesn't call me on a Saturday to say, Pastor, this issue, this problem. No, nobody calls me on a Saturday because I have to prepare. I have to be in the presence of God. I have to guard my heart. I have to protect my heart so that when I come and I'm ministering to you, I am ministering life. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And from henceforth, God will protect your heart Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. 
So in the days and age we are living in, God is raising up men and women who are nobodies. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 26, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Verse 28 says that, And the base things of the world and things which are despised, God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to not the things that are. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Verse 29 says that no flesh shall glory in his presence. Hallelujah. Verse 31 of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he said, That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So when God uses you for greatness, you don't stand and boast in your strength. Are you following me? You boast in the Lord because you know that this thing that God has done, it's not your qualification, it's not your degree. It's not your connections. This is the doing of the Lord. And what God is about to do in your life, no man will take the glory. I said what God is about to do in your life, no man, no woman, no company, no boss, no man will take the glory. The glory will go to only God. You will stand in the midst of the congregation and say, Father, I give you all the glory. For you are the doer of all these things. And solution, I see God opening some great doors for you. I see God doing some great things in your life. I see God opening doors that will cause the mouth of men to open wide. They'll be shocked. They'll say, how did this happen? Because the God we serve, he is a prayer answering God. Amen. We've seen it time and time again. There are people who you make an application to a company and they sit on your application and say, we will never allow this person in. They said, we will never allow this person in. But the person who said, we will not allow him in, the next time you will become their boss. God has an awesome sense of humor. You know, they said we will not allow you in, yet God bypasses them and makes you the boss over them. That's what's going to happen. I don't know who it is who have said over my dead body. According to their word, it shall be so. They said, before you have a baby over my dead body, you will have that baby and they will die. They will say, before you have that house over my dead body, you will have that house and they will die. Because by their words, they will be judged and by their words, they will be justified. Somebody sitting somewhere and said, ask for your prosperity over my dead body. In seven days you'll hear news. Amen. I said in seven days you'll hear news. 
those who are sitting there and say, as for your prosperity over my dead body, in seven days, God is about to supernaturally open a financial door. Amen. And when he opens that door, the financial wealth he's bringing into your life will break the record of 40 generations in your family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do you have faith like I have faith this morning? My faith is alive this morning. My faith is so potent. My faith is so powerful. You can plug your, your television station into my body right now and it will start working. That's the kind of faith I came to church with this morning. It's a powerful faith. It's a living faith. It's not a dead faith. And this faith will speak in your life. In the name of Jesus. I don't know who is sitting somewhere and saying this business will not flourish. I see open door for you in nations. I see God opening global doors for you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody say a big amen. Say a big amen. Because we serve a living God. Our God is not dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told me every word you speak, I will bring it to pass. In the life of my people. Every word you declare over their life, every prophetic word you speak, I will bring it to pass in their life. And as I speak it, God will bring it to pass in your life. So just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive it. As you receive it, you will see it happen. I said as you receive it, you will see it happen. In the name of Jesus. So in this day and age, God is raising up giants. He's raising up the nobodies. He's raising up people who have no degrees, who have no connections, whose family names are not known to use them as great men and great women. Look at recently what happened in the U.S. presidential elections. Someone that nobody was expecting to win. God just brought him from the back. That's the God we serve. You see, David was the eighth born of the father. He was a nobody. He was looking after the sheep. When Samuel came to anoint the king for Israel, the next king, he went for the seven perfect. The seven children who are perfect. The one that has been written off was looking after the sheep on the desert. But I love one thing that Samuel said. After he had tried to anoint one of them and God said, not this one. Samuel asked Jesse, is there another son of yours? And Jesse said, yes, there is one more, but he is with the sheep. And, and Samuel said, send for him, for we will not sit down until he comes. We will not sit down until he comes. You see, the devil is trying to hide you. But no devil can hide you. From the desert, God will pull you out. Hey, God will pull you out. They are trying to cover you with darkness. But the glorious light will 
Samuel said we will not sit down until he comes you might not have any qualification but a time will come they say we will not sit down until you come because they have written you off but in the sight of God you are their solution that is why this church we are a solution to the nations hallelujah and when David came. The Bible says he was smelling. He was wearing a sheep perfume. A designer perfume. He was smelling like a sheep. A sheep poo. Sheep skin. His beard were full of sheep. <laughs> and then the moment he showed up, someone said, this is the one. <laughs> Someone said, this is the one. Now that is going to be your story. Your story will be, this is the one. I don't know about you. Very soon I have a, a, a custom made car with a registration number. This is the one. They might not like it, but when I drive past them, they say, is this the one? Yes, this is the one. <laughs> they might not like it, but when they see the red number, this is the one. They will know this is the one. Now, as I'm saying, I'm going to get that red number. If you go and buy that red number, I'm <laughs> Somebody say, I'm going to get this is the one. <laughs> Registration number before Pastor gets it. No, it's mine. <laughs> you can get this is the one number two. <laughs> Amen. You can get this is the one number three out to 20,000. Praise God. And someone said, This is the one. And the Bible says that he was anointed and he became the next king of Israel. Why? Because God uses those that have been written off the foolish things to confound the wise. I knew it in my spirit of spirit that God said he is going to raise up overcomers from this church. I knew it within my spirit and God is going to raise up overcomers in this church. You are that one. You are this is the one. I said you are the this is the one. Men might have written you off, but you are this is the one. In the name of Jesus. I've always declared that this church, there'll be members of solution in every house. Recently, I was in, a, in, a, in an organization, a company somewhere, and I saw not less than 50 of our members. Not less than 50. So you can't hide. Everywhere you pass, solution. Everywhere you pass, solution. And the time is coming, and I saw it vividly. A time is coming in my lifetime, there will be not less than 20 presidents of the world, 20 presidents of the world, who are members of Solution Chapel International. 20 presidents. And we'll come to church on a Sunday and we'll be sitting down with presidents. Yeah. 
a president of a nation will be doing sound, will be cleaning the toilet. That is the season we are coming to. And I see it happening in the name of Jesus. One of the people God raised up as an overcomer was Gideon. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. He was a nobody. No one knew his family. He was weak. He was feeble. But God showed up to him. The Bible says in Judges chapter 12 from chapter 6 from verse 12. The Bible says that and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, that is Gideon, and said unto him, the Lord is with thee. Say amen to that. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Verse 13, the Bible says, And Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord. You know when somebody calls you something that you know you are not, you say, Oh my friend, don't deceive me. <laughs> it's like, it's like you are broke. You don't have one P in your bank account. And then you go to town and then you see someone and they say, they call you, hello, rich man. <laughs> hello, rich woman. But you, you know the state of your bank account. The state of your bank account is reflecting one P or minus. <laughs> and they call you, oh, rich man. Then you look at them and you said in your, in your mind, oh, you don't know. <laughs> So God comes to Gideon and God says, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, that thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Hallelujah. Say amen to that. Now, Gideon was in a dilemma. The Midianites have come to attack the children of God. And there was no one in the land who can redeem God's people except Gideon. God showed up and God said, you are a mighty man of valor. You are the one I'm going to raise up to deliver my people. And when God approached him, God said, you are a mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, no, no, God, <laughs> I know me. I know me, God. I know me. I am not a mighty man of valor. Most of the time when God shows up in your life, God will call you a certain name and you look at God and say, come on, God. Don't, don't, don't tease me now. Come on, God. What are you going to do? I mean, look at my life, God. Look at my life. I have no one. I have nothing. And you are calling me a mighty man of valor? Yes, that's who you are. In most cases, God speaks to your potential and to your future. He doesn't call you by who you are now. Are you following me? That's why when I'm preaching, I don't preach to a few thousand people gathered here in this church. I'm preaching to millions. 
Are you following me? Because the destiny of this ministry is in millions. It's in millions gathering on a Sunday. So God will come to you and say, you are a mighty man or you are a mighty woman of Valois. Don't despise what God says. Remember, when God calls water wine, water becomes wine. That's how he is. God calls a dead Lazarus. Come forth back to life. What happened? That is who God is. So the moment God visits you and God calls you by your name, don't say, no, 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 God, I'm not mighty. God, I'm weak. The moment you say that, that is pride and arrogance. Because you're trying to argue with God. God says you're a mighty woman of valor. and say, God, no, not me. Now you and God, who knows better? God knows your future before you even show up in your future. So God said to Gideon, no matter the argument you are arguing with me, verse 14, God said, go in this your might. God said, forget about all these flimsy excuses you are giving. Go in this your might. You are the one who is going to deliver Israel from the hands of the Midianites. And there is someone here whom God is raising up to deliver their families from the hands and the grips of the devil. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Oh, say it again. Say, that's me. that's me. When God comes and knocks on your door, don't say, God, I am weak. When God says, I'm going to cause you to speak to the UN, don't say, oh, God, I am not educated. When God says, I'm going to use you to raise up concerns of broken women, don't say, oh God, that's not me. When God says, I'm going to use you to raise up issues of women that are being raped and being beaten, don't say, oh God, that's not me. That is you. When God says, I'm going to use you to bring out boys, young men, young boys who are engaging in drugs and killing one another. Don't say, God, I don't have what it takes. Don't say, God, I don't have the connections. Don't say, God, I don't know how. Just obey. Just follow his leading and he will direct your paths. We must never argue with God. I remember when God called me. I'm a very shy person by nature. I'm scared. Because I'm calling you to start a church. I said, what? I've never, I, I, I mean, nobody in the family has ever done it before. I'm calling you and I didn't even know that he's going to call me to start a church in the UK. I said, what? God, the UK. I fled for a long time like Jonah. And some of you have been running away from God. There's a calling over your life, but you have been running away like Jonah. That's why some of you, at the moment, as I'm speaking now, you are in the belly of the whale. The whale has swallowed you. Nothing is working because you have neglected the call of God and doing your own thing. There are many in this church who are supposed to be pastors. You know within you, you know God have told you. And so, you know God, okay, let's do this deal. I want to become a, a prosperous man. I want to become a businessman so that I can, 
you know, I can sponsor, I can sponsor the gospel. God doesn't need your sponsorship. You can't sponsor him. Can you sponsor God? Can we sponsor God? No. Just obey. Stop running away. For years I fled. I fled until one day I couldn't. I knelt down. I started weeping. I said, oh God, I have fled for too long. I'm tired, Father. I'm tired. I'm tired. And some of you are running. God is chasing you. Can you hide from God? You can't hide from God. So whatever God says about you, that's who you are. That's who you are. When God says it, run with it. When God calls you, run to his calling. Don't run away from him. Run to his calling. And I believe that the grace of God that is speaking in this house, men and women will respond to the calling of God. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. And no one has ever followed God and be put to shame. No one. No one. Finally when Jonah repented and followed the will of God, he brought deliverance to a, and salvation to a whole city, Nineveh. Do you know that there are destinies in you that you are running away from? There are destinies in you. Don't be like Abraham. Don't end up giving birth to your Isaac at the age of 100. Give birth to your Isaac now whilst you have strength. Respond to the call now. Check the scriptures. God calls his priest at the age of 20. Because he doesn't want old blood. He wants fresh blood. He wants you when you are strong. Are you following what I'm saying? I don't know where this came from, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone. There's someone who has been running away from God, but the days of running away are over. It's time to respond to the call. It's time to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Today is our special open door service. And I believe that God is going to open doors for you. I said God is going to open door for you. The first door that must be open, that we have to open, is what I call the door of our heart. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So that means God is standing at the door of your heart. He is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. But because you are the owner of this door, you have to open the door for him to come in. He can't force his way in. That's why he said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, or if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. And will sup with him and he with me. So the first door we have to open is the door of our heart. Yield your heart to Jesus. Respond to God. If today is your day of salvation, don't postpone it. Don't say God tomorrow because you don't know tomorrow. 
Nobody owns tomorrow. Today belongs to you. Tomorrow belongs to God. The second door that must be opened is what I call the door of the gospel. The door of the preaching of the gospel. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. It says, with all praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bond. So we have to continue to pray that God will open the doors for the preaching of the gospel. Colossians chapter 4 verse 3. We must continue to pray that God will open doors for the preaching of the gospel. So every time when you are about to pray, pray God open the doors for the preaching of the gospel. Open the door that when your servant Adama Savage stands to preach, to teach your word, you open unto him mysteries. You give him mysteries. So that whilst you are hearing the mystery, just one mystery will change your life forever. That's how it works. That's how it works. You are part of the gospel. So you pray that God will open that door so that the gospel can be preached. Pray that God will open doors for the ministry in nations, on radio stations, on television stations, across the world. Pray that God open doors for the nations. Open doors in nations, in continents for this ministry to be there. That is our responsibility to constantly pray for the opening of the doors of the gospel. Please understand that every door can be opened depending on your ability to knock. Every closed door can be opened depending on your ability to knock. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. The Bible says that ask and ye it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. They say for everyone that asks receives. And he that seeketh find, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. When you knock, the door will be opened. But you have to know how to knock. Many people don't know how to knock. And in this service today, God will give you revelation as to how to knock that door. There are many doors. There are relationship doors. I remember when I was knocking on the relationship door of my my fiance then. <clears throat> Clear your throat now. I knock on the door. You need wisdom. You need wisdom how to knock on the door. You know, many of you men, you just approach a woman and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. You don't just go and say, I love you. I love you. Will you marry me? Will you marry me? No. So my first knock was, will you be my best friend? She said, no. I said, okay. Shall we be prayer partners? She said, no. I said, this is a no door. This door is a no door. You knock, you knock, knock, it's a no door. There are certain doors like that, you know. I said, will you be my covenant best friend? He said, no. I'm like, okay. So he's, are you the, are you the inventor of the word no? Everything, no, no, no. You 
You know, there are some children, when they are hungry and you want to give them food, as you want food, no. Yeah, they are hungry. Are you going to go to school today? No. Do you want to sleep? No. So I'm like, this is the God, everything I ask. She said, no. So I went fasting three days. Three days prayer and fasting. Because this guy, this guy, this guy does not go except by prayer and fasting. So, you see, some of you knock one door and you say, oh, he said no. Pastor, she said no, you know. So, I'm just moving to the next. No. So, I fasted, I prayed, and then I went back. I said, sister, sister Zam. What did sister has put me through? You have no idea. The sister has put me through stuff. She has put me through stuff, you know. I sweated, I struggled, I fasted. And then finally, the door was opened. Hallelujah! The door was finally opened after prayer and fasting. <laughs> Praise God. And today to God be all the glory. I am enjoying the benefits in this door. So keep knocking on heaven's door. Don't quit. That business, keep knocking. You want to go to uni, you failed once, so what? Try again. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Keep knocking. You want to you try a business, you want to do a business, and you failed once, so what? Keep knocking. Remember, this is a month of what? Persistent faith. You keep persisting. You don't give up. Praise God. You don't give up. Don't give up on when someone does evil to you. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. Keep blessing people. For you don't know who, who is the right person. Are you following what I'm saying? Keep giving people opportunities. So we must keep knocking. We must never give up. Now, hear this. Revelation is the master key to open every closed door. Revelation is the master key to open every closed door. That means every door that is closed has the ability to open. That's if you have the right key. Matthew chapter 16 from verse 15 to 19. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Listen carefully. The Bible says that he said unto them, By whom shall ye say that I am? Now remember, in every question, there is an answer. Within every question, there is an answer. And God's name is I am. God's name is I am. So even when, for instance, you go out on outreach evangelism and you, are, you want to witness to someone and the person say, I am an atheist. I am agnostic. They, are not, they don't understand what they are saying. 
Because you have to mention God's name in everything you say. Saying I am an atheist, you're saying I am is God's name. So you cannot belong to God and be an atheist. Because I am is God's name. When God sent Moses to go to Pharaoh, he said, who should I say is sending me? He said, say to him, I am has sent you. And so you have to be careful when you say I am because when you say I am, whatever follows I am will come chasing you. When you say I am blessed, blessing will come looking for you. When you say I am the head, being the head will come chasing after you. That's why you don't say I am broke. You never say that. I am poor. I am sick. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's a contradiction. God cannot be poor. God cannot be sick. Can you find sickness in Jesus? Can you find headache in Jesus? Can Jesus have migraine? Can Jesus have diabetes? No, he cannot. So you have to be careful what you say. So Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? Verse 16, the Bible says, verse 16 of Matthew chapter 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 is key. It says, and I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind here on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall lose here on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now notice carefully what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, and I'll give unto thee keys, in plural, keys, not one key, keys. Now, what gave him access to these keys is revelation. It's the spirit of revelation. That's what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 16. He said, I pray that God will give you the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of revelation. Once you have revelation, revelation simply means light coming to, to force in darkness. Yes. Have you noticed that uh, 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 how many of you love maths when you were in school? Okay, women love maths, but not men. You know, men most of the time don't have brains for maths. Now, when you are given a, a, a maths, you know, to the question is like they say, um, uh, uh, two, two a raised to the power square. Times, how can you multiply uh, letters and alphabets? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, what kind of silly, silly question is that? You know, have you seen numbers and <laughs> some of us would sit on that, that that answer for ten hours? You say, please, teacher, the question is wrong. It's not the question. It's you. Your mind is wrong. <laughs> I 
I've never worked it out and I'm not ready to work it out. <laughs> what is two raised to the power A or B times multiply square equals come on now. Why do you want to disturb my brains? I've never worked it out. Never. So, you know, so when you sit on that question and you work it, you work it, you work it, you know, you see one question, you work it on like five different papers. You know, you work, you work, you work it. And somebody will say, yes, I got it. What's that revelation? Revelation has popped because you've worked it, worked it, worked it, and all of a sudden, revelation pops. Now you have the master key. Once you're able to work one, you're able to work all. Are you following me? So, revelation is the master key to open every closed door. Because behind every door, there is a personality. Behind every closed door, there is a spirit. You have to know the spirit behind the closed door. You have to know the person behind the closed door to be able to have revelation to open that door. Recently, I was somewhere, I wanted to look at something and I have to go in and say, okay, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a gambling place, you know, and it's a, it's a facility I have been looking for for years. And so I go in and say, okay, um, I'm bringing some friends, about 500 friends. We want to come and play. I want to see your facility. Now, I don't gamble. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. I know some Christians do gamble. I know some of you here, you stake the lottery. But God have mercy on you. So I go in and that was the only way I could have access into the premises. Are you following me? So sometimes you need such wisdom to enter. Very important. It doesn't mean you are going to partake of that. Why? Because the moment you step foot there, it becomes yours. God said to Joshua, wherever the soles of your foot shall tread, I'll give it to you as your possession. So you need wisdom to know who is behind that door to be able to open that door. Two things very important. Charisma will open doors for you, but it takes character to keep you in that door. Charisma will open doors for you, but it takes your character to keep you in that door. Charisma represents your gift. It represents your gift. That's why Proverbs chapter 18 verse 16, the Bible says that a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. So your gifts, most of you have gifts here. Some of you have gifts of communication, gifts of relationship. You are able to relate to people. You are able to easily influence people. You can sell a, a female shoe to a, a man. That's your gift. You can convince them and they will think they don't have a wife, they don't have a sister, they don't have any female friend and they will think that they need that shoe. That, that's your gift. 
Are you following me? Why? Because a man's gift will bring them before great men. You have to understand this. This is very important. But gift alone is not important. Are you following me? Gift alone is not important. Now, charisma or your gift will open the door, but it is your character that will keep you in that door that has been opened by your gift. Let's look at a case study of someone who had a great gift and a door was opened for him and let's see how his character kept him in that door and then we'll close. Are you getting something from this? Because what I have come to see in the body of Christ is there are very many talented and gifted people. No doubt about that. God has gifted his body with so many gifts. So many gifts. But the issue is many of the people who have the gift don't have character. So a door opens for them and within a short period of time that door is shut. Because their character doesn't match their gift. Are you following what I'm saying? So, yes, you have gift, but it's not enough. Reuben or Simeon, the firstborn of Jacob, was very gifted. He had all the gifts. Jacob said, you excel. You have excellence. You are the strength of my mind. You have everything. But he said, you are unstable as water. In other words, you are unpredictable. You have gifts, but you don't have character. Have you not seen some people are so gifted, yet they don't have character? They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to communicate. They insult everyone. You give them an opportunity and you regret for the rest of your life. You say, why on earth did I give this person an opportunity? That's why many times, Christians can't trust one another. Because, yes, people have gifts, but there's no character matching the gift. That's why, you see, in this church, in this church, men and women who have different businesses can come together and form one great big business. In this church, many of you can come together and, and enter into the real estate business. Put your finances together. You buy one house this year. You don't necessarily have to live in. If it's 10 of you, 10 of you cannot live in the same house. Agree, one person stays in that house. The following year, you take equity or two or three years or five years down the line, take equity out of that property, buy another house in addition to your contributions. 10 or 20 years down the line, you'll all have one houses each. Meanwhile, if you want to save for 10 years, you cannot buy one bedroom house on your own. That's why the Bible says one will chase a thousand, two will chase 10,000. But what we need in the church is character. When you ask for a loan from someone in the church, when you say, I will pay, when it's time, pay. 
When it's time to pay, that's not a time to stop coming to church and start misbehaving and start doing something for someone, someone to say that, brother, I mean, I gave you this money. You said you pay back. Now I'm waiting. I don't have to fast and pray over this. Can you see? No character. No character. Even most of the time in the pulpit, pastors say one thing, they do the other. Are you following what I'm saying? So the integrity of the church is at stake. The integrity of the church is at stake. Some pastors will stand in the pulpit and they will lie. They will lie. This is why I, I don't like people giving testimonies where it's too long. When, when they start, say, they, then they are lying. You know, they are lying. Just go straight to the point. I believe God for this. God did this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All the glory goes to God. That's it. God doesn't need you to add anything. Don't lie. Don't lie. Just share the test. You are not here to use your testimony to manipulate anyone. And sometimes people have stood here giving testimony. I know they are lying. Yeah, I know they are lying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God. Brothers and sisters. Gold is good. I say gold is good. Brothers and sisters. Gold is good. Okay. I let not go to the rest of the Okay, let's finish this. Amen. Okay. Uh, quickly, we want to look at character. Character, and then we'll close. At Genesis chapter 39, from verse 5. You know the story, this has to do with Joseph. Joseph only had one gift. He only had one gift and that gift was to interpret dreams. He only had one gift and that gift is to do was is to interpret dreams. And look at what happened. He interpreted the dreams of, of himself, told his brothers that he's going to become a great man one day. They hated him took his coat of many colors, put him in a pit, sold him into slavery, and then he ended up in Potiphar's house. And then in Potiphar's house, God was with him, and Potiphar realized that this is a very gifted young man. So Potiphar made him lord over everything. Now follow the story carefully. The Bible says in verse 5, and it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house. This is Potiphar making Joseph overseer in his house. And over all that he had, and the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not what ought he had, save the bread which he did eat. That is somebody, a Christian's opportunity to steal the master's money. Now look at what's happening here. Joseph was so gifted, Potiphar didn't know what he had. Potiphar had so much, but everything was left into the case of Joseph. Are you following me? And he knew not what he had. Can you ever come to that point where there is no CCTV camera, where you can be trusted to take care of what is another person's. 
character. All Potiphar knew he had was saved bread, which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Verse 7, the Bible says, that, And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Remember, within every open door, there are enemies and opposition. Don't think once the door has been opened, everything will go hunky-dory. No, 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 no. No. Within the door, there are enemies who want to pull you down. So you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Now, this door has been opened. Joseph's gift has opened the door. But within the door, there is an enemy called Potiphar's wife. Who say, ah, this is a young blood. My master, my, my husband is not active. So Joseph can be, are you following what is happening here? Verse 8, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master watered not what is with me in the house. And he had committed all that he had to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Underline that. Neither has he kept anything from me but thee, except you. You are my master's property. But thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Somebody say character. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or be with her. Verse 11, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house therein. Somebody say trouble. trouble. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in his hand and fled and got out. Amen. Now, listen, you don't pray for against sexual sins. You don't pray against fornication. You flee. When you say a naked woman before, you say, abide in the name of Jesus. No, no. <laughs> flee. No, you don't bind. That, at that point, binding doesn't work. <laughs> Are you following me? At that point, binding doesn't work. Did you hear what I said? What do you do? Flee. You flee. Run. Run very far. Don't look back. Run very fast. More than Hussein Bolt. Don't look back. Keep running. <laughs> you see a naked woman. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Before you realize. <laughs> you are gone. You, you destroy your destiny. So when you see it, flee. I don't know if I should tell you this story, but my time is up. Praise God. Next time I'll tell you. Amen. So character is what kept Joseph in the door. Amen. So we thank God for our gift, but our gift is not enough. We need character to keep us in the door. And I believe that God 
is going to open doors unto you in Jesus' name. Finally, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible says, that, And to the angel in the church of Philadelphia, write, This thing said he who is holy, he that is true, he that has a key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shut, and no man openeth. Say amen to that. Verse 8, he said, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. This season is your season of open doors. No man can shut the doors God have opened for you. I pray that God will give you wisdom to operate in those doors. That when you enter into the doors, you will know the enemies in the doors. God will give you insight. He will give you revelation so that those doors will continue opening. One door will open another great door and many other doors in the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.